Thank you for joining us this week on The Tongue with Dr. Mike. I'm so glad you're back with us again. Make sure to visit our website, thetonguespeakslife.com. That is the center for everything associated with our missions. You can access our most recent podcast from The Tongue with Dr. Mike to Pillars of Heaven and uh, everything we've gone over the last couple weeks. If you want to access more of our library, go to anywhere you listen to podcasts like Apple or Spotify. And now thank you to JB. They are on YouTube as well. If you are on Facebook, which you probably are, head over to Psalm 346 Ministries. Make sure you join that group. Uh, you can also get on there with uh, Psalm346Ministries.org. And, and as we push these projects further along, that's our new social media platform. Uh, get involved with the community there, especially do it on Facebook. Just search up Psalm346Ministries. It's based on uh, Psalms 34.6. Check it out. Prayercast is on there. Make sure you're listening to uh, our podcast. Listen to uh, JB, me, and Joanna as we welcome special guests on Pillars of Heaven. We talk about a wide variety of topics. We talk about things going on in the world. Remember, the thetonguespeakslife.com. That's where you can click and reach uh, all of our stuff with our outreach missions, like a Bible for every believer. Listen, I can't express this enough. If you need a Bible, just reach out to us, right? Let us send us a message, send us a text, um, go on Facebook, go to Psalm thirty four six Ministry. Send the send the, anything. Let's get these Bibles out. Let's get them to uh, you know do it to somebody you wouldn't think of normally. You know, uh, give it to your mailman, give it to your hairdresser, give it to your barber. Um, I gave one out and uh, they told me no, thank you. And I said, I'll just keep it and you can give it away to somebody else if you don't want it. You know, but. Get them out. We have them here. Reach out to us. We'll get them out. Okay. The tonguespeakslife.com. You can check out Cure International. If you haven't checked that out yet, listen, you, you have to go there and check that out. Especially now, all the donations up until December 31st are being matched. So even if you give them a dollar or you give them five dollars, you know, it's going to be matched and doubled. So what, what a great mission, you know, and they're, they're healing the sick and they're proclaiming the kingdom of God and, and they do that with children and it's so great and it's such a great thing. Uh, there's a link right there on the Tongue Speaks Life and you can donate right to them. You can go to the bottom. You can donate right to the tongue itself. Everything associated with us uh, will benefit from that, from the Tongue with Dr. Mike to Pillars of Heaven to each of our outreach programs from Bibles for Everyone, our Christmas drive, anything associated with us, with us uh, will will uh, happen right there at the bottom. You can donate right at the bottom of the tonguespeakslife.com. Remember, as our family keeps growing, we're going to uh, welcome always everybody back wherever you're listening from. And, yeah, you know, as this program keeps going further and, and farther and um, than we can imagine and, and this project takes off, you know, thank God for that. And let's see how far we can take it. Right. So today's topic is a continuation of the Advent season. So, you know, the last couple of weeks we've been going over uh, Advent. We're in the Advent season. If you're participating in the candle lighting, you would have by now. Uh, lit the the first candle, the candle of hope, or the prophet candle. Um, that's the one that symbolizes hope. Uh, you would have lit the candle of hope, or I'm sorry, the candle of faith. The second one, the Bethlehem candle, that um, represents faith. The candle of joy uh, that you would have lit this week is the shepherd's candle, right? So 
The third candle symbolizes joy and is called the shepherd's candle. The angels announce to the shepherds in the field the good news of great joy to all people. Right now, this candle is pink because uh, in Christian history, the color rose signifies joy. Right. And this reminds us of the joy of the birth of Christ. So so it's pink. So this is the third Sunday of Advent, which for you is probably the third uh, Wednesday after the third Sunday of Advent. So here we go. Isaiah 9, chapter, chapter 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoiced at harvest time and as they rejoice when dividing spoils. All right, so now... Each candle in the Advent wreath has a significant meaning. We talked about that. But the third one is uh, it's on an uh, unusual place, right? So in most Advent wreaths, it's the one candle that's a different color than the others, right? It's, it signifies something unique, uh, more spontaneous. It's celebratory of the, of the theme of the third week of Advent compared to the others, right? So that third candle... Uh, it's got many variations. We, we've gone over that. You know, the prophet candle and the Bethlehem candle, you know, you've got hope and you've got peace. And, and you know, you've got the angel's candle, which we didn't get to yet. But the shepherd's candle stands for joy, right? And each of these candles are lit on a different Sunday leading up to Christmas Day. You know, some Christians even include a fifth candle, a white one, which represents Jesus himself. And they put that in the middle of the Advent wreath and they light it on either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. So why is that third Advent candle a different color, right? Um, like I said, the first, second, and the fourth candles are purple, uh, but the third candle is pink or it's rose, and, and there's various explanations for why it's pink. Um, and generally, there's a consensus that all the colors connect to, uh, you know, the different candles theme, you know, purple or violet is associated with uh, fasting or you know, especially in Catholic uh, Lent celebrations, um, which, you know, leads to Advent celebrations. Candles one, two, and four are usually purple, and, and they are occasions to contemplate hope, peace, and love. Uh, in contrast to that, you know, this candle now, this pink or rose represents joy, like I said, in celebration, right? So usually there's a story that the ancient church, you know, one of the popes gave uh, one of the citizens a pink rose on, on the third Sunday of Lent, which symbolized a moment of joy amidst, uh, uh, you know, Lent's fasting and, and penance, you know, and that's got its Catholic ties. Um, but that's what, you know, we associate the third week of Advent, right? It's also, it's also noted, worth noting that, you know, more than... Um, more than the other three Advent themes, joy is something we associate with spontaneous action, right? Hope, peace, joy, love are all things that take place, you know, all, all the things in God's place that, that he has in us. And it should be ongoing uh, attitude in our life, you know, that hopefully like hope and peace are, are generally seen as inner qualities that we cultivate by meditating on, on ideas like God's provision, Right? Love is something that we do, but it's also something we cultivate and meditate on. Joy tends to have a more spontaneous effect. Joy can motivate us to celebrate or worship with glorious abandon like David did when he danced in front of the Ark of the Covenant, right? 
uh, in that light, it's appropriate that the Advent candle representing joy is a different color, like highlighting the different nature of joy compared to the other Advent themes, right? So that, that third Advent candle is sometimes referred to as the shepherd's candle, which we said before, right? The shepherd's candle, well, the shepherd's section of the Christmas story is very much about joy, you know? So the shepherds are mentioned, you can read it in Luke chapter 2, in that passage, they're watching sheep in their pastures when an angel appears to them, right? And, you know, it's interesting that the, I, I want to really get into this angel um, depiction because Ezekiel talks about it. Uh, I know we talked about it on Pillars of Heaven. I really want to dive down that hole because, you know, this picture of angels with harps and, and you know, uh, babies. And I, I want to get into it because the picture of angels and the depiction of angels that Ezekiel especially uh, gives us is way different than what we're thinking. Um, but anyway, not to get off topic. But so uh, the shepherds are watching sheep in the pasture. An angel appears to them, you know, and as many people in the Bible react to angels showing up, uh, like I said, it might not be what we're thinking of seeing. You know, the shepherds are, are totally frightened, you know, but the angel says to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. The next moment, uh, you know, a whole group of angels appear uh, around the first one and they're praising God and then they disappear, right? So <laughs> the shepherds immediately go to Bethlehem and they find Joseph and they find Mary and they find the baby. And after meeting the Messiah, the shepherds, they tell others what they've seen, you know, and, and then they come back to the manger, right? Glorifying and praising God for all the things they've heard and seen. And that's Luke 2.20. So the shepherds serve as witnesses to Jesus' birth and, and are, you know, expressions of joy themselves. They receive, you know, that message of joy from the angels and, and they pass that on to other people after seeing Jesus. They even return to see Jesus again and they praise God. In other words, you know, their response to Jesus' birth was very joy-filled, right? So, you know, in biblical terms, having joy means being happy about something, you know, good that's arrived or, or that's coming. You know, like hope, it's a long-term view of life. It's emphasizing the good that will come. However, you know, this is, there's a component of great happiness there, but, you know, like rejoicing at good news, um, like if you think back as Zacchaeus when he welcomed Jesus with joy when Jesus said he would stay at his home, right? Jesus tells his disciples to have joy in their suffering for the reward is great in heaven, Right. So as noted before in that section with the shepherds, the shepherds who visit Jesus were given both a joyful message and they acted joyfully. You know, people could have had joy before Jesus came, but his arrival was the culmination of a like a special promise, right? Ever since sin entered the world, humanity had uh, basically been broken. You know, creation was also broken by sin. And since that time, you know, everything's been crying out with groans for relief, right? Jesus' birth fulfilled prophecies that the Messiah would come and break sin's hold, starting a new phase of God's redemption plan. As Jesus said multiple times during his ministry, the kingdom of God had come now, and he, now that he had, had arrived. Sin continued to be a reality after Jesus' death and resurrection, but its hold was broken by Jesus. So at Christmas, we joyfully celebrate, you know, that God's greatest promise was fulfilled. God's kingdom has come. 
the final moments in God's plan, you know, you know the last battle against Satan, the resurrection of the dead are, are still to come. You know, and as some, uh, some people put it, we live in the already not yet phase of, of, of God's kingdom where it's arrived, but the final effects haven't come yet. However, you know, with Jesus' birth, uh, death, and resurrection, the definitive move in the battle against evil was struck. So there's going to be more battles, more skirmishes, right? But the war, for all intents and purposes, has been won, right? And so that in itself is enough to be joyful about. So a quick prayer you could do for, uh, you know, week three Advent, you know, Jesus, thank you for coming into the world to pay the price for our sins. Uh, we don't always appreciate how, appreciate how high a cost you paid and how your birth made good on promises that God the Father had made. Thank you for your great love, for your sacrifice and your victory against evil. Thank you that while we know hard times that may come, your kingdom has come. Thank you that while battles may come, the war against evil is effectively finished. Help us to never grow tired of that truth, to discover it new every day and see how great it is that we can know it. Show us how to have joy every day, how to rejoice in your love and provision time and time again. We ask these things in your name. Right. So let's jump over to Luke chapter two and let's uh, let's revisit verses eight through 20 and let's go over the story one more time because we're in that season. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those for whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they have heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Right. So here you see that, you know, maybe these stories you heard as a child, um, you know, the baby lying in the manger and um, the shepherds come and they see him. I, you know, I, I didn't realize that they saw Jesus went out and glorified, you know, and spread the word. And then they came back. I didn't know that part, you know. So here we are. I learned something new. Right. So you like that third candle on the third Advent, the, the third Sunday that week of Advent. Uh, along with the first and second candles. And for the following six days, you light the first, like the second, like the third. You know, this week we celebrate with joy that your hope is in Christ and that hope is certain. You know, prophecies about him are always fulfilled. And we have heard the word of the prophets made more certain and you will do well to pay attention to it as it is light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. That's from Second Peter 1. The third candle is said to represent joy and the proclamations re regarding the coming Savior, right? So there are different verses you can read every day of the week. And I'm just going to touch upon a, a couple of them. Uh, they go from, you know, angels showing up 
everywhere. An angel shows up and proclaims about John the Baptist. They proclaim about Jesus. They proclaim uh, to Elizabeth about Jesus, right? Mary's proclamation about God. There's Zechariah's proclamation about Jesus. There's angelic proclamation about Jesus. There's prophetic proclamation. Uh, This is all going on that week, right? So uh, this is a culmination of it. And it says the angel Gabriel proclaimed to Zechariah that his son, John the Baptist would prepare people for the coming of Jesus. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord, their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That's Luke 1 16, right? As we, we jump down further to verse 31. Uh, the angel Gabriel proclaimed to the Virgin Mary that she would give birth to uh, the Savior Jesus. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Okay, and if you continue on... Um, Still in Luke 1, you jump down to verse 41. Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, uh, proclaimed that Mary carried the Lord in her womb. Even before his birth, John the Baptist made a unique proclamation about Jesus by leaping in his mother's womb. When, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are, the, are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Right? So down uh, verse 46. Mary proclaimed the great thing God had done in choosing her to give birth to Jesus. As Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Further down, Luke 1, 68 says, Zechariah, father of John the Baptist, proclaimed his praise that Jesus would be the Redeemer and Savior. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Right, you just jump over to Matthew real quick, um, and then we're going to jump back to Isaiah. But Matthew one twenty says, um, "These are the angels uh, proclaiming to Joseph. Uh, an angel proclaimed to Joseph that Jesus was conceived from the Holy Spirit and would save his people. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a, a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to." Give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Okay, let's jump back to Isaiah quick. Over 700 years before Christ, the prophet Isaiah announced that the Holy One of Israel would one day be among the people. Uh, Let us sing for joy that Jesus did indeed come to live with man. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Right. So as Advent progresses, you know, the church turns us more and more from preparing for Christ's birth at Christmas to preparing for a second coming. 
right? In the scripture regarding, um, you know, the third Monday of Advent, you know, when if you go through every day of prayers, the, the, the prophet Isaiah paints a picture of the world after the second coming. No more tears, no more idols, food and water in plenty, the world lit with a bright light, a, a, a signifying, uh, you know, the renewal of earth. All the nations shall see, shall see the power of Christ and glorify the God of Israel, right? So the second coming will not simply bring joy and plenty. It'll bring destruction, right? We, we all heard how revelation plays out, right? The powers of men um, will be destroyed. Basically, our own fate will be decided by our actions. If we have prepared ourselves properly for Christ's second coming, then just like man in the scripture reading um, in the first week, we'll have nothing to fear, right? But... Uh, if we continue to live in evil and deceit, we too will be destroyed. Preparing for the second coming of Christ by preparing for his birth. So this is how we draw the two uh, together. These these may seem hard words to hear when, when every store is playing, have a holly jolly Christmas, right? But they remind us that this season, the Advent season, not the Christmas season that hasn't started yet, is all about, right? We can't properly prepare for his birth um, at Christmas, unless we're also preparing for his coming at the end of time. We cannot adore the child in the manger in Bethlehem without bending our knee before the just judge who suffered and died for our sins. The child in his mother's arms is the man upon the cross and the king who will return at the end of time. That and not mistletoe and eggnog is the message of Advent, right? So as we continue on, um, the, the Advent season. And as it approaches Christmas day, you know, so do the prophecies of Isaiah take on an added urgency, right? So as we begin, you know, this third week, we see that the Lord has passed his judgment on Israel, whose obedience to his word is, you know, at best merely out of habit. Indeed, many of the children of Israel no longer even acknowledged him as Lord. Right, So therefore, God says, a new day will come in which the deaf shall hear, the blind shall see, and the poor shall have the gospel preached to them. Isaiah's words foreshadow Christ's own answer to the disciples of John the Baptist in Matthew eleven four, where he says, go and relate to John what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, and lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead rise again, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Right, The deaf, the blind, and the poor refer to the specific people that Christ healed and preached to, but they also refer to us, to whom the message of salvation is now extended to. Right, So Isaiah 29, 13 says, And the Lord said, For as much as his people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips glorify me, but their heart is far from me, and, have, and they have feared me with their commandment and doctrines of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to cause an admiration in these people by a great and wonderful miracle. For wisdom shall perish from these wise men, and their understanding of the prudent men shall be, shall be hid. Woe to you that are deep of heart to hide your counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark. And they say, who sees us? Who seeks us? And who knows us? This thought of yours is perverse, as if the clay should think against the potter and the work should say to the maker thereof, thou madest me not, or the thing framed should say to him that fashioned it, thou understandest not. 
And in that day, the deaf shall hear the words of the book, and out of darkness and obscurity, the eyes of the blind shall see. And the meek shall, shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For he that did prevail hath failed. The scorner is consumed, and they are all cut off that watched for iniquity. That made men sin by word, and supplanted him that reproved them in the gate, and declined in vain from the just. Therefore, thus says the Lord to the house of Jacob, he that redeemed Abraham, Jacob shall not bow, shall not now be confounded, neither shall his countenance now be ashamed. But when he shall see his children, the work of my hands in the midst of him sanctifying my name, and they shall sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and shall glorify the God of Israel. And they that erred in spirit shall know understanding and they that murmured shall learn the law powerful stuff there you know and as we wait for the birth of christ at christmas we also look forward to that second coming like we said and in the words of creed uh the life of the world to come right so we look for that uh you know like the prophet isaiah gives us that glimpse of that that world no more hunger no more pain you know the lord himself living with us man in the earth completely healed you know, and Isaiah, yeah, I challenge you to read that because Isaiah 30, I'll start at verse 18, go through, you know, um, well, you go right to 26 and write that down, read that, then then go, yeah, you can just carry that right on to the, you know, verse 33 and then go to Isaiah 31 and start at verse four and go to verse nine. I mean, that's the, there, there's a lot. We, we talk about, you know, the Lord destroying the powers of this world. And, and, you know, at his second coming, Christ is not only reign over all the earth, but all the powers of the earth are going to be destroyed. You know, it's, you see the establishment of the kingdom. Um, you know, Isaiah talks about, it says, behold, the name of the Lord comes from afar. His wrath burns and is heavy to bear. His lips are filled with indignation and his tongue as a devouring fire. It's a different, you know, vision of we're seeing of nice, peaceful uh, Jesus, you know. Um, you know, th this is a different picture of when Christ returns and now it's time to handle sin, you know, and, and handle, you know, get the final victory over all that. You know, Isaiah's telling us that, uh, Christ is going to establish perfect justice. You know, there's no more, you know, the people that are evil and deceitful will no longer get their way, right? The, in that world to come, the just man can live free from the distractions of sin, you know, and that's what you're looking forward to. Um, the Lord is magnified, you know, for he dwells on high. He is um, filled with judgment and justice. And these are all part of the Advent readings, you know, and, and as, as Advent draws to a close uh, and, and you align this with Isaiah, and like I said, read Isaiah 33 as well, that entire chapter, because, uh, you know, Isaiah shifts from uh, more completely to the coming of the Lord at the end of time. You know, in this reading, um, the earth is going to be cleansed with fire and only the just man will emerge. He'll live in the eternal Jerusalem ruled by Christ. And if that doesn't make sense to you, uh, really jump into Isaiah and, and start to read it. And then reach out if you have questions and we'll guide you along, um, you know, how this unfolds. And like we, we talked about in Pillars of Heaven, uh, if you listen to that podcast, we're, we're going to start talking about more things happening around the world that are 
you know, warning signs and, you know, prophecy being fulfilled before our eyes on the checklist of things to go off before Christ comes back. And, you know, nobody knows when he's coming back, what hour, what day. Um, but, you know, only God the Father knows that. But you can look around at what's going on and the things that are prophesized that are happening uh, are, are slowly getting checked off the, the list, you know? So this week, as you're lighting that candle and uh, the next week, as we get to lighting the fourth candle, which is the candle of peace or the angel's candle, uh, you know, that's concerning the angels announcing Jesus coming to bring peace. Uh, he came to bring people, you know, peace with God and with each other again. And so you light that candle. That candle is usually blue. We'll get into that. There's a fifth candle that's white, and, and some people use it and some people do not. The fifth pa- uh, candle is white. It represents uh, light and purity, and it's called the Christ candle, you know, and it represents Christ coming into the world. It's placed in the middle, uh, and, and it's a perfect placement for Christ. Right. So as we continue on and we get ready for this Christmas season and, you know, the weather is changing and the climates are changing and you're hearing things going on in the world. Um, take this time to really and truly celebrate this season and the birth of our Savior. And I want you to challenge you to reach out to people that you otherwise would not or you'd feel uncomfortable in doing and yeah give them a bible you know there's no better way to say i got i got something for you and uh, you know the answers are here this is a life manual and it's free for you and you know what highlight one of your favorite scriptures in there and you know and, and bookmark it and give it to them and say you know what uh, when I think of you, I, you know, I read this verse and I thought of you, or this is my favorite verse. And why don't you t- take a look? And this, it's, this is what it means to me. That's how the conversation starts, you know, but in this time of, um, family and togetherness, and remember, it's not about presence. This is about uh, our savior and we're celebrating his birth and we're awaiting his return, right? Father, thank you for always being there to listen to us when we call. Your majesty is expressed throughout all of creation, right? As we go through this season of change, we see winter coming. We see as it changes nature, we eagerly anticipate the celebration of the representation of your son's birth. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. For this week, bless the listeners of the podcast as we get closer to celebrating Jesus's birthday. I know there's people out there suffering now in this season. Father, reach down and touch the lives of all of those who are in need, all of those who are struggling, all of those who feel the pain of loss, the pain of loneliness, and the pain of not having someone here this year. Keep their memories fresh in our mind. And not only that, but keep it fresh in our mind and thank you for the the time that we did have with them. You know, as believers, we know that one day your word says we will see them again. And that comforts us when we get sad or when we're lonely or when we're down or when we're stressed out or when we're crippled with sadness and anxiety. For some of the listeners, Father, this is the first Christmas season without that loved one. For others, it's just a few seasons that that's passed. In either case, their heart needs healing. For others, it's a physical healing. For 
those who are struggling with physical illness, for all emotional illness and attitude changing issues. I pray that the Prince of Peace comforts and brings joy to this world. That's why we sing it this time of year. Father, bless your children, heal them and remind them that they are victorious because of what your son did on the cross for us while we were still sinners and we didn't deserve it. In Jesus name, amen. Give those Bibles out, right? Remember, the scripture says anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, right? And if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I pray that in this season, you know, you're searching and you're trying to find him more than ever. You know, these days are running faster and faster together, and every day is a closer day to prophecy being fulfilled, right? We're not promised another hour on this earth. You know, our decisions now carry eternal consequence. Now's the time. Jesus is waiting for you, right? He came to this earth and he was born and he died for you. So he took your place and he took your punishment. And all you have to do is say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't do this alone. I believe that you are God and that you sent your son Jesus to die in my place. You took the penalty of my sin and on the third day you rose again. You're coming back again and I can't wait to see you. Come into my heart. Come guide my life. Forgive my sins. Become the leader of my life. Uh, in Jesus' name. That's all you need to do. That's it. You get saved. You reach out and you find a, a, a church or somewhere where you're getting fed the word. You're going to need to get fed little by little. And the Bible says, you know, the difference between milk and meat. And, and you're a new believer and a new beginner. And you need, you're not going to understand everything at, at once. You need to be, go somewhere where you're fed the appropriate thing for where you are. Right, get a Bible, read every single day, get to know who Jesus is, get to know who God is, and and pray. It's so simple. All you have to do is, God, I, I need you right now. Right, Show me. Show me. Help me. Send me somebody that can help me. Right? God bless you. Remember, get prepared to do wonderful things, right? You you have all the victory in Jesus' name. You have that. And I say this all the time, you know, you're, you're not weak and you're not damaged. Or, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, you, you, you have to stop listening to what other people tell you is, is good for you, right? No matter what, what they tell you, you're here for a purpose and you're here for a reason and you need to trust God and it's your time and Jesus is waiting for you. Be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Until next time, thank you and I'll see you then.